Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. Today I'm continuing the series of Purpose and I have Chris Messenger on the show. Chris is from Toronto, Canada. He's an entrepreneur and has been in the industry of personal transformation for over 15 years, helping people all across the globe achieve their goals through his philosophy and strategies. He has an extensive background in human psychology, health and human performance with training and he's just been super, super committed to this process of developing thousands of people and informing them of how to drastically improve their results uh, from working with professional athletes to high-level business executives and also amazing, amazing thought leaders such as the world-renowned Bob Proctor. So I think this is going to be a really, really informative conversation and we're going to learn a lot and I'm going to learn a lot. So I'm super excited for this. Chris, welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thanks for being part of this. No problem. Thanks for having me. So you've been in the industry um, of personal transformation essentially for a really long time, for 15 years. Um, how for you, in, in your observation, has have, have things evolved? And by that, I mean, like, do you notice that people who come to you as clients now, there's like different kinds of stresses from from 15 years ago or would you say it's the same it's kind of evolved over the last 15 years you know when i first got into the scene i started really like in the fitness industry so i worked with amateur professional athletes actually was able to train athletes from all over the world and so i started in that realm so of health and wellness i think that is still rampant as a matter of fact it's probably more of our priority now based on the current state of the world but i would say over the last five years it's been more shift towards mental health anxiety, depression, bipolar, things like that are starting to surface a lot more. And I'm in Canada, and this is a new stat as I was researching and working with some of my clients this week. They said the mental health um, sector of Canada, we're right now, we're ranked 37 out of 45 countries in the world in terms of ranking for protocols and systems in place to help people struggling with those types of issues. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of funding. And the other thing that's going to become a big problem is they said the next 10 years, so we're talking about a decade from now, that illness of mental health will be one of the biggest debts in the country. It's actually projected right now on pace to be a $6.3 trillion problem. And yet the doctors right now are understaffed. They don't have enough people working in that space. So I've seen the shift go from just regular everyday, like I feel like I'm stuck with my goals, stuck with my life to now, not only am I stuck with my goal, I also am suffering from anxiety, depression, suicide. So every client recently in the last, I would say a couple of years I've gotten, it's strange. They all have similar issues around those topics, as well as trying to manage everyday life, their own health, their companies, their families, and what have you. So I've seen this shift now going that way. And I attribute a lot of it to the world right now that we're in, you know, being with COVID and all the things that are happening with that. But also these things, technology, right? More than ever, we have this now new lens that we're looking through, comparing ourselves to everything that we're seeing on here, when the reality is a lot of the stuff we're viewing on here is not really true. And so that's playing with people's brains, causing that anxiety or that feeling of I'm not good enough. When the reality is if you actually look at what you've accomplished to this point, you've probably done quite a lot. So I'd say that would kind of be where I've seen things kind of change in the last little bit. Wow. And how has this year been for you personally? I'm considering it's, it has been a, we've all been experiencing this pandemic, which is very new to a, a lot of us. Um, have, have you personally struggled with any anxiety or anything like that during this period of time? I would say right now, over the last five years, I'm pretty much immune to it. Um, and the reason why I can say that was about 
about six, seven years ago, I was one of those people who were dealing with it. You know, I was suicidal. Um, I had stood on the side of a balcony ready to jump off the, the balcony. I'd lost a company at that time, a relationship I'd gone through, pretty, pretty tough breakup. And I really didn't know what to do. I had no electricity at my place. So I had, I had a big business, lost it all, and now I'm building it back up. But at that point, I'm like, you know, what's the point of living? And so I had gone through a dark time. And it's funny, I was about to jump, and this was around like three in the morning, and I got a text message from a stranger on social media. And all they said was, um, it was a stack of money, like cash. They were on 5,000 US and the person just wrote below it. Thank you so much. Watching your videos online has really helped me over the last week. And I was just able to sell enough this week to bring $5,000 home. And now my wife and kids can have a, a good weekend on me. And I'm like, this is weird to get this at this time as I'm standing outside here. And so I took that kind of a, by myself being like, you know what, I'm not, sh I shouldn't go. And through that moment, I then gave myself a lot of time to study psychology, the mind and figure out, Here's a guy that knows everything who's dealing with these issues. Why? Now look at it, you know, fast forward to today. Now I know why. Because everyone I talk to is going through something that I went through. And yet I was able to go through it without seeking medical help, um, no um, pills or any anxiety medications, all through learning strategies of how to manage my own stress and my rituals to help get myself back on track. And so now I help people with my strategies to do the same thing for themselves. Wow. Wow. That's, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, obviously like with clients, there's not, there's not like a one template fits all obviously where we, you know, we're all coming from different walks of life, but when, when people start talking about being unclear about what their purpose is or, you know, what, what that overall vision is that they want to tap into, are there any kind of like go-to strategies or, first steps which you say like okay this is this is the first question you need to ask yourself if you're in that space yeah it's very simple it's an actually an activity one of my mentors had given me about maybe a decade ago um they had said that whenever you're unclear there's just a lot of chaos going inside so stress anxiety a whole bunch of things so i always tell all my clients this is what i coach everyone on when i first work with them first thing i tell them to get up usually around five or six in the morning it doesn't have to be that same for everybody but i like i just say find a quiet time in the world and so sometimes that might be late at night, that might be first thing in the morning, but don't do this during the day because your mind's going to start running on all the things that you got to get done. That's just how we work. And so what you do is you get up in the morning and you put on something like a soothing background type of music. I remember my mentor made me play Baroque classical music. So that's what I play when I do this. Some people do like nature sounds, waterfalls, again, whatever's going to make you calm because you want to have your unconscious mind and conscious mind open so that they can communicate and pull out really what is you truly desire, what you truly like to do. And then what you do is take out a pen and a sheet of paper and you write down exactly how you want your life to be. So write down in very good detail, like what time are you waking up? What are you doing for career? What are you doing for family relationships? All of these things. And then from this list or this sheet of paper, when you're done, it should take about 30 minutes or so. You can now look at it and figure out, okay, if this is how I want to live. Am I doing these things right now? And you start going through this list and maybe you're not at the job you want just yet. Okay. Well then that would be something to focus on. Right. Maybe you're not where you want to live. Okay. That's going to be your, your thing that you focus on. And then for the next year, you start focusing on that one or two things that you believe you can really acquire. Then you start to find and match a career that fits in line with your lifestyle. See, what we tend to do is we just jump into a career or a business because we want to make money and yet it consumes our life. And then we don't, we're not really happy, right? Happiness is the number one thing you should look for. I've worked with billionaires, multimillionaires who are addicted to drugs, hate their life in and out of the hospital, mental health issues, loaded you know out the ass as i'll say hit with a bunch of problems but yeah you would look outside and be like wow they live in a mansion home a gated community and they look like they got life figured out and the reality is they don't and they're constantly searching 
right? And then you have the other person who works just a regular job, who's happy as you know can be, and they're not making all the money, but they found what they truly desire and what they're happy doing. And so this activity kind of gets you to look at your own life and think for a second, am I truly doing what I want to be doing? And if not, how can I shape my life to match that? Because I think if you can do that, you're going to be a lot more happier than most of us will set a goal of like, I want to earn a million dollars. That's like everyone that I talk to, that's what I want to earn. Well, why? Right? If I give you an extra $50 a week or an extra $500 a week or an extra thousand a week, what would be different in your life? That might be just enough more for you to live how you want to live. But only mm-hmm. you know what that level of comfort is for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the big thing is, is that. It's finding that, that sweet spot where you're truly happy doing what you want to do. Listen, money will always go and always come. Right? I've gone through it. I have hundreds of thousands of dollars in my bank account down to lighting candles and eating peanut butter and bread for a year right? <laughs> to keep my electricity on. So I've had both avenues. And I, in, in both problems, there's the same silver lining thread as I wasn't on purpose. I was doing things for other people just to make money. And most people, that's what they do these days. But do you feel at like a time like this uh, and, and talking about something we've just been through, obviously the pandemic, when you're, you know, a lot of people would argue that writing your goals down and being so clear about a vision also, you know, takes for granted the fact that you think that you're very much in control of the situation, but it, as we know, and as this year has shown us that, you know, we can be thrown off and we have to kind of adapt and improvise in those situations. So um, how, how, how do you handle these situations better in a very practical level when, when things are kind of up in the air? You know, a lot of people have lost their jobs and they're just not sure what the next step is. Yeah, and I, that's the biggest problem I, I get people coming to me with right now. It's like, you know, my business is this, but I can't because of the world. And I go, hey, you know, we're all learning to adapt, even myself included. Like before I used to do a lot of in-person meetings, seminars even, like, you know, have a thousand, two thousand people come. I can't do that anymore. So I've gone to other things like Zoom, we're on right now, um, social media. So there's ways to pivot and move forward. But I tell everyone, regardless if you've lost your job or you're trying to figure this thing out, the only thing that you really control is your emotional states during these times. Like if we get caught up in the hype, we get caught up in the media, we get caught up in all the things that could cause us to feel anxious, that's going to create chaos. When you have chaos on the inside, well, guess what? You're going to start experiencing more of that around you, right? It's like the movie, The Secret, everyone talks about, you know, the secret's kind of flawed in terms of what they teach, but there is some, some truth to it. It's like, you know, what you focus on, you start experiencing in real life. And so the one trait that I have that I think most people should really adopt is having that neutral ground on anything that's thrown in front of you. So it doesn't matter if the, if COVID or the world is shutting down, I'm always going to be okay. And if I remind myself that I'm okay, all I can focus on is right now. And so that's what I've had to do is, okay, I can worry about what could happen in the next two or three weeks and my business could take a turn for the, for the worst. Um, you know, I also manage a gym. So we were shut down, you know, that whole time. So what did we do? Do we sit there and cry about it and be like, what was me? Or do we pivot? And we pivoted. We changed how we run the business. We actually changed some of the products that we offer through the business. We've moved things online. We've adapted. And sure enough, look at it now, we're almost back to full business. Now, if it should shut down again, guess what? We already have a set blueprint we've been working on that has worked out. So I say in every, doesn't matter what career or position you're in, there's always a way to make it work. You just got to find the avenue to go about doing so. But you will never find that avenue if your stress anxiety is through the roof and you're not able to cope. So you got to take a minute to sit back and stay neutral and be like, okay, level-headed right now. How would I solve this problem if there wasn't this crisis? What are some things and steps that I would do? And so like mm-hmm. with anything, there's always a, a solution to every problem. Always is. True, true. 
<laughs> silver lining. Um, yeah, uh, were you always interested in, I know you're super interested in psychology, but was your purpose or your mission super clear initially? And how did you kind of encounter or get convicted that this was your mission? It's kind of funny, it's, all, it's by accident really. Um, when I was in, in elementary school, I was bullied a lot, picked on. And so my parents thought it'd be a good idea to get me a personal trainer when I was like in grade seven. So I started working in personal training. And then when I got into training, I realized I was a lot stronger, faster than all of my classmates. Um, even to this day, I, you know, for my frame, I'm pretty strong in terms of what I can lift and what I do. And I realized at that age, though, it wasn't actually my muscles that were doing it, it was my mind. And that really started getting me to understand like the psychology of sport. Then when I started at like 16, 17 training NHL players who are now making $10 million a year playing sports, their way of thinking is very different. And I started saying, okay, how does this person operate? And I started getting fascinated, just like a computer. There's computer programmers out there. But we've been programmed from a very young age in terms of how we live, from our diet, lifestyle, income, health, all of that. So it really got me interested. Well, how are these guys super successful? How are these people not? And I started studying it. And then through that, I remember sitting one time, I was sitting in my, in my gym and I'm like, there's gotta be more to this than what I'm doing. And then that's when I was introduced to actually Bob Proctor, the movie The Secret. And that started opening up my world a little bit more to looking into the personal development space and through there, I started working with psychiatrists and, and uh, social workers, business owners, and started really looking at them being not so much as looking at what they do, but how they do it, why do they do it, and uncovering those little tidbits of information Then I could start applying to my life and model that success. I always tell people, if you want to become successful, or you want to do stuff in a big way, model someone that's doing it and, you know, pick their brain, find out what they do and start implementing their philosophies and, and strategies. And if they, if they actually did what they said they're, they're telling you to do, then you have a winning model. And if you can duplicate it over and over again, you have a winning model. And so that's what kind of got me into looking into psychology was starting with my own transformation of my health and then trying to figure out, you know, why did that happen? How did that happen? And then led me down the road that I'm continuing to go down right now. So you, you mentioned you've worked with like, you've worked with amazing people and thought leaders and you just mentioned Bob Proctor as well. Is there a specific, is there one lesson, not necessarily from Bob, but from anyone that really stands out for you, something that you just, you wouldn't forget? Yeah, there was two, I'll give you two things from Bob. And I always tell people these two stories because they're both profound. When I worked with Bob, I spent about five years with him, you know, traveling around and I had my own business. I was working with his wife, but through that, I was able to spend time with Bob and and one time we were flying on his private jet from Toronto to LA. And he always would ask me probing questions. He's a very, you know, unique individual. And so he had said, I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to figure this question out in the next, you know, 15, 20 minutes. He goes, what separates, you know, me from you? Like, this is my jet. I'm flying over to LA. Now you're on the jet. So obviously there's something that you do in your brain and you work ethic to get here because no one really gets to come with me on these trips. And you know, you're here. So why do you think that is? And he walked away and I sat there for like a good 10 minutes thinking I'm like, why? I'm like, it's gotta be, he's got more money than me. That's why he's got the jet. Maybe it's, he's got connections. I'm like, I'm on this jet probably because I know him. Like, so he came back and I had given him those reasons. And he goes, you're absolutely wrong and everything. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't know. I've been sitting here like that. He's like, I'll give it to you very simply. The reason why I fly private and most people fly economy are really two simple things. And he goes, the first one is you got to be very persistent. He says, if you're very persistent, you will always get to your goal, right? Mm -hmm. The person who persists the most will get there. And he goes, you know that you think about fitness, right? You're very persistent on making sure that you get your butt to the gym. Hence why your body looks the way it does. But when it comes to success, that's only one element. The second one is just as important. 
And he goes, it's consistency. Doing the same thing over and over again for a long period of time, and that works. Not the ones that don't work, that's insanity. You know, Albert Einstein said that. So he said, you got to be persistent to get to the goal, but then consistency keeps you there. And he goes, I've been doing this business, so he does, for 55 years. I'm one, probably one of the best in the business. And I've met everyone from the Tony Robbins to the Ty Lopez. I've met them all. And, and I would say Bob is probably one of the, the top out of the, the core group. And even those people will tell you he is. he's very good at what he does. But he said, I've been doing it the longest. I'm very persistent. And I'm very consistent. And it's true. I've seen him work day in and day night. And he's always doing something to move himself forward towards a goal. And so he goes, whatever your goal is, if you can just take those two principles, you do very well. Now, so the second point that I want to share that he brought to my attention was not only do you have those, you got to be clear in your goal, but you also have to change the way that you think. See, my big purpose in life is not to tell you what to think, but teach you how to think. If you know how your brain actually works, you can change it into morph yourself into really anything that you want to do. And so he told me, I remember when I was leaving working with him, I said, I got to ask you a question. What's the one thing that makes you different than everybody else? Because you, you know, you've run a huge company. Like, it's got to be something unique. And he goes, well, I'll give you a story. He goes, I'll use it as like a metaphor. So he goes, think about fighting styles. So he's used karate, judo, and I think it's um, Aikido. Or Aikido. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But he goes, this is how most people's brains operate. We operate karate mode. So if something does something mean to me, my first response is I punch right back. And he goes, who wins that fight? And I'm like, well, if you're the bigger person, hopefully you. He goes, well, of course, right? If you're the one that's a little bit bigger in size, you hopefully could knock that person out. But who, who really wins in that situation? I'm like, no one. He goes, you're right. But 97% of the population operate that way. Something bad happens in the world, we respond to it. Something bad happens in a relationship, we respond to it. And we don't usually respond the right way. Mm-hmm. So you can't think like that. You're never going to get ahead. He goes, the second one is a little bit, these people are a little bit smart. He's like, they're like the 2% of the population where they use judo. In judo, he goes, when they attack comes at you, you actually take that person's energy and you use it against them. So these are like the mass manipulators, he would say, who would smile at you like this and then behind your back, rip you off or do something you don't like. And he goes, you know, people like this. I said, yeah, he goes, now they may win a little bit in life, but eventually they get caught. And we see that all over the world of people trying to, politicians do it. Like all different parts of the world are going through and saying one thing, then under the veil, there's another alternative motive, or they're using something against you to gain. And he goes, the only person that gains there is really who? The person that's manipulating. He goes, the last way is the way that everybody should operate. And he goes, and this is how I've operated for the last 50 years. And he goes, Akito, in that fighting style, somebody gives you a blow you actually take that person and you move them to a positive space where they're not gonna harm themselves. So you don't flip them on their back, you don't punch them back. They punch, you guide them to a corner and then you're safe. They're safe and you're safe. Because mm-hmm. I do that with my mind. So if something bad happens, I address it. It's not like I get, you know, someone can walk over me. Like I'll call it like it is, but I'll let it go. And I'll move back on to that positive frame of mind. So I acknowledge it and I let it go. He says, here's what everyone in the world does. So let's say you're at your job and your boss pisses you off. You then tell five of your friends, my boss is an asshole. And you're at lunch break. You know what my boss said to me today? Then you go home to your wife and kids. My boss was pissing me off all day. You carry that energy and negative feeling all day long, sometimes all week long. And Bob goes, why would I spend all my time angry and frustrated with a person that has really no impact in how I feel and how I operate? So he goes, if you can just think like that, apply the persistence and consistency, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing. Yeah. And he goes, I'm never wavered by negative things. And same with me. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Like it could be the worst news in the world. And I always would find a silver lining, positive thing to look at. Right. 
And it's just what we focus on. I could focus on all the bad shit or I can focus on where I'm going and what I'm doing. And so those two things alone, I would say probably the two biggest lessons. There's a lot he gave me, but those are the two that stand out the most. So hopefully that helps. Yeah, no, I mean, that sounds, uh, it sounds like he's an incredible mentor for sure. Um, Are there some, are there some like non-negotiable routines that you have in, in place that you really swear by that really, you know, that help you stay persistent and, and consistent? Yeah, absolutely. I created a book to help people on it. And it was just something that had get, was given to me a while ago. Now I have a lot of different strategies. And I always, when I work with my clients, I go, what works for me might not work for you. Like every morning I have to listen to some form of positive affirmation or an audio at night. I'm doing meditations right now for 30 minutes, but sometimes it's I read a book for 30 minutes. Sometimes it's, I go for a walk. So every day it's something different, but it's something to kind of give myself me time to think. Right. And so some rituals I always tell people is that going for a walk is obviously ideal. If you're feeling like you're not, you're stuck or something, sometimes just getting out and going to a different energy and going for a 30 minute walk can help clear the mind. Daily activity, I've always preached it. The more healthy you are, obviously, the more productive you're going to be, the clearer you're going to be able to focus. So things like that are always a, a ritual I must do. But the one thing that in terms of like goal ritual is, is keeping yourself accountable. And so this book I created is a journal. It's like years ago. And it was literally every morning you'd wake up and write down three activities that you're going to do and accomplish that day. Because so many people out there tell you, oh, I'm gonna teach you time management skills. You can't, I don't know anyone who's managed time. Time is always moving. I can't say time stop. You can't manage time. The only thing you can manage is activity. So Bob got me on this. He says, you probably, each person probably has a hundred things that they gotta get done in a week. He goes, why don't you write it all down and then prioritize it. And then every day tackle only three. So when I first started my business, Bob had said to me, your objective every day, Chris, really simple, is to talk to one new person about your business. That's it. If you could do that over the next 90 days, watch how big your business would go. And it would, I did it, and it blew up. And so it's small little rituals that you keep yourself on point for. And so I tell people when they make their three things, it can't be like, oh, laundry, and I'm going to, I don't know, go to the mall. Like those aren't productive towards your goal. Unless you have a laundry business and your goal is to wash other people's clothes and laundry may be a list. But if it's not a thing that's moving you towards your goal, then it's not on the list. Mm. It was losing weight, right? I'm going to eat my certain amount of meals. I'm going to have a certain amount of water and I'm going to do my workout. Like those are things. So you have to figure out what is it you're working on now and then put them in those two or three things. Those are things I have to do daily. And that keeps me on track. Yeah, for sure. I, I like, yeah, I, I love lists. I, I literally do. I feel like it, there's so much satisfaction from crossing something off when you've completed and, it. And I'll tell you, this is a little secret that Bob told me. He goes, people nowadays are so tech savvy on their phones. And he goes, you have to take pen to paper. You cannot type your goals in your phone. You can't type your list in your phone. So I have a book in my bag and he goes, buy an expensive pen. So I have like a $150 US pen to write on. Well, he's like, you got to feel successful. So he goes, <laughs> when you're actually writing and doing this motion, Neurologically, it's your brain. It's syncing what you're putting down. When you're typing, that same pathway is not created in the brain, neurologically, yeah. scientifically. So he goes, you have to write out your goal, write out the list, check it off. Because that's showing your brain reward. And you get that check mark. And how did we get programmed to do the list and check mark? Education, right? So he goes, there's what's good in education. It's not bad. There's things they teach you you can apply. But too often now, we don't do it. We're always on this guy. True, true. There's... I'm sure you, you, you know, like Maslow's hierarchy, essentially, and, and what's at the top is this self-actualization and, you know, finding p- purpose in, in giving back and, 
uh, you know, finding a bigger meaning to, to your life and your vision and everything else. So do you think that that's like our why to whatever we do and whatever we want to do needs to not be so self-seeking in terms of when we're looking at long-term success? Does it always have to be something where we are serving people to a certain degree or, you know, um, yeah, basically the, the purpose being bigger than ourselves? It doesn't have to be. And it was funny. I was doing a lecture at a high school and it's funny. You asked this question. A kid asked that question because we were going around and we we're talking about goals. And I said, who here has got a big goal, scary goal for this year? And so a girl put her hand up. She's like, I want to start a charity, a non-for-profit. And everybody clapped. The whole was like, wow, that's a very big, you know, bigger goal than you. I'm like, very good goal. Next guy puts his hand up. He stands up. I go, what's your goal? He says, my goal is to um, hit a 350 pound, which would be like probably 150 kilogram deadlift. Nobody clapped. I clapped. I was like, yo, that's a sweet goal. Like, I'm a fitness guy. That's awesome. And the third girl came up and goes, my question is, I don't think his goal is good. That's what she said. She goes, it's very personal. It's not really like she's helping people. How is he helping people? Wow. And I said, well, you're wrong. Here's why. Back when I was working out, one time, I was working out really hard in the gym, lifting really heavy weight. And there's a small kid sitting in the corner. And he was watching me work out. And he's watched me work out for a while at this gym. And, one, and then five years later, I run into this kid. And this is a true story. I'm walking into a different gym. And I reckon, I'm like, hey, you used to work out at such and such gym. He goes, yeah, I used to watch you work out. I go, I know you did. We never really talked. And then I'm like, why were you watching me work out? He goes, you look pretty, pretty good for your, for your size. I said, okay. He said, Ashley, you inspired me so much I became a trainer. I'm actually working at this gym. So I told that story. And I said, you don't know what you're doing and what impact it actually has. So yeah, it's a personal goal, but if he does it, how many other people that see that would strive to that? For the same thing, like no one's ever run a six minute mile and somebody had done it. My friend, you know, he had set a world record. I coached him to do this. He's got a world record right now for a box jump and single leg box jump over five foot three or something. It's crazy. And guess what? People made fun of him for that. Now there's like five other people in the States right now that are at his level and trying to surpass it. So I go, you set the benchmark. Now you got people setting goals around your benchmark. So you never know. So I always tell people the goal doesn't always have to be this big thing that I'm going to change world hunger. The goal could be, I just want to get out of bed in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's at a different level. And Bobby's talking about that frequencies, right? Some people are tuned into this frequency. Some people are at this one, right? Each person has it. And ideally it's not really up to anybody to decide what your goal is, but you, right? Yeah. I hear all the time, like people follow, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he's like, grind, 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 get up, do a podcast, do this and do that, blah, 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 blah. Then I meet a guy who makes way more money than Gary, who's like, that guy's an idiot. He works all day and night for nothing. Here I am. I have freedom with my family. I can travel the world. I can do this, this, this. This guy's always on. But guess what? He loves that hustle and grind lifestyle. True. The guy doesn't. They're both right. So I go, you can't really have this comparable being like, if my goal isn't about world change, it's not good enough. No, that's, not, that's never the case. Your goal is for mm -hmm. you. And it's to show you that you can do it. And then maybe you hit that goal, then the next goal comes in, then the next one, and you don't know where it will lead you. But you have to start somewhere. And so that's yeah. why I tell it. doesn't matter what the goal is, just start. Yeah, that's, that's a great example. Um, has there ever been a time in your life, personally, where you've struggled with this idea of surrender? That's something we're talking a lot about on this series. Is just the idea that we all have goals, and we have a vision of how you know, we think something is going to happen. But you know, the path to that, uh, goal can look very different for very different 
people and uh, we're all on different journeys obviously but sometimes we can just get so fixated with like this idea that okay I'm going to do this and that's going to lead to this and that's going to lead to this and that's how I'm going to become successful and I wish it worked that way but it never does <laughs> <laughs> yeah the old thing I always tell people if you knew how to get to your goal you'd already be there you don't know you don't know when you don't know how if you knew mm -hmm. when and when how life would be boring very boring this is predictable right? right and so i remember when i first got into coaching people bob actually told me you're not ready to coach people that's what he said then and now looking back in it i know why he would say that because that creates more competition for his business if i'm going around doing similar things but at the time i really took that on because i'm like hey i'm working with bob that's the next step to getting this thing right so I then left working for Bob and I was like, why would you do that? Like, you're work, like, that's the best guy. Well, he's always told me never work for anybody. So that's one thing. And number two, I'm never going to get ahead if I'm always working for him. I need to go and do my own thing. So he goes, you're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. And I really took that on. So I had to let that go. I said, you know what? That's his opinion. I'm going to let go. Now, I don't know how I'm going to get into this industry and I don't know where it's going to come from. So that led me to my first client. This guy reached out to me online through Instagram. I don't know this person that well. I met them maybe once or twice. We got on a Skype call, he's crying, he's 50,000 in debt, and he goes, I want help. I lost my money trading. I said, okay. So it's my first client, I'm like, let's start working. So I start working on get him to do things. I'm not thinking anything of it. Um, two years goes by, he now has generated over $3.1 million working with me. Wow. <laughs> As an in debt. And I was told, you're not ready, right? I've trained over probably a couple hundred athletes who played in the NHL for the Olympics all over the world. And I never played at that level. But I started training and it led me there. So now, did I know how this was going to happen? No. Did I know how we were going to get on a call right now? No, you didn't even know, right? But you set the idea. And so we set a time frame for our goals so that creates action. That's all that's really there for, right? If I said the next 30 days, you got to come up with money, you would find a way to come up with money if it was that important to you. And my first seminar that I took from a lady, it cost me $5,000 and it was only for three days. And I almost fell off my chair when she told me the price. And I didn't have the money at the time. And she told me, listen, if you really want something in life, you'll find a way. You have 48 hours to find me the money. If you don't find it in 48 hours, I'm not taking you on as a client. Now that's a very tight deadline for a guy that's not any money. So I called everyone I could think of, friends, family, everyone said, no, 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 no. I went to the bank, and this is a true story, I showed up at the bank and I said, I need $5,000. And he go, well, Chris, do you still have this business running? I said, no, that business is closed. Are you still working here? No, that's not there. So they're trying to see where in my record of history of employment, could they possibly push it through? She says, based on what I'm looking at right now, Chris, this is not gonna happen. I go, well, I only have 24 hours to come up with this money. This lady told me she's never gonna coach me again and I really wanna take this course. And I go, I'm not leaving until I, I find a way. Like, let's figure out, there's gotta be something. And she, she goes, well, what, like, what's this about? So I told her a little bit about what it was about. It was a neuralistic programming course. My mentor, Bob Proctor, had recommended that I talk to this lady, da, da, da. And she goes, Bob? She pulls out the book in, in her drawer and goes, the secret. I go, yeah, that old white guy in the room. He's like, you know him? I go, yeah, he told me to come here and find money with this other lady. And if I don't find the money, they're not going to help me. So that's why I'm here. She, Hold on. She leaves the room. She comes back. This is a true story. She goes, there's $10,000 in your account. We'll just pretend that all these things are still open. Have a good day, Chris. So I got the money. But that was like a very strict time frame. It was a small amount of money and something I probably could really focus in on. And I went to work like you wouldn't believe to find this money. And that happened in two days. Now, she said, Chris, you had a month to find the money. It wouldn't have happened in those two days. I didn't give myself that time frame. I probably would have loafed it on. It took a while. So when you set your goal, your objective is always to kind of set a 30-day or short-term goal that you can reach that you believe you can, and then have a long-term idea of when it will happen, but you never know what's going to happen.
never know. And so if you did, then yeah, you'd be a psychic and you'd be walking through life just like, ah, next month I'll have like 50 G's in the bank. I'm good. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, it's been so good talking to you and, and hearing about some of your journey, Chris. Thanks for sharing. Um, there's so much wisdom in this conversation. I hope it's really going to help people when they listen. Do you have any final words of encouragement for, for the audience? Just um, anything that you would like to, to share? Yeah, for sure. I always tell people, you know, at the end of the day, especially in today's world, I would say just, just relax, take a minute, breathe. There's no rush, right? It doesn't matter what age you are. I know we have this culture now where we think things need to happen today. And we got to know, like, listen, things take time. I remember sitting on Bob's jet and I was so impressed with this thing. I'm taking photos and selfies. I'm looking at the gold sinks. And I'm like, man, I want one of these, like in two years, three years, I'm flying private. So I'm like, Bob, how much does this jet cost? He's like 1.1 million. I go, yeah, by the time I'm 30, I'm doing this. Da, 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 da. And he reality checked me real quick. He goes, Chris, I'm 81. I just started flying on these five years ago. That means I would have been 76. From 30 to 76, I built my company. Now I fly private. Now he goes, it took me a long time. <laughs> I have friends that do it in like five years or one year. However, I didn't waver from my purpose. They found theirs earlier. It's, it's just the way that it works sometimes. So don't get caught up in this. I need it now. Learn to let go. And I have a problem with that too. I'm always like, ah, I want to impact a million people. I got to do all these things. Mm -hmm. Breathe. Be present now. Focus on the day at hand. Don't worry about what happened yesterday, what even happened in the last hour. Let it go. Focus on right now. Keep working hard. And eventually, if you stay at the course long enough, whatever it is you're working on, good things will start happening. I've seen it too many times now to say, you know, whether it's a theory, it's, it's fact. I've seen it a lot. And so that kind of be my closing remark is just relax, breathe, take time. It will happen and just stay consistent and persistent, like I mentioned earlier. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us. It was such a great conversation. Well, thank you for having me. Hopefully it helps, and uh, I look forward to seeing you grow, obviously, as well with uh, your podcast here. Oh, so, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. I hope you tune in next week when I talk to another exceptional guest, as usual, every Sunday, we're continuing the series of purpose and I hope it thoroughly, thoroughly speaks to you. It affects you. I hope you're inspired to share the message with someone and I hope that you have already subscribed to the podcast. If not, please go to www.unplugannie.com and you can find all the podcast links as well as other links and articles which may be of interest to you. You can also subscribe and receive the weekly email newsletter to your inbox and be part of the family in a more active way. Until next week.